time for your WTMJ five-day forecast. Tonight we have mostly cloudy skies with a slight chance for showers later tonight, a low of 36. On Wednesday, mostly sunny, breezy, and mild, a high of 56. Thursday, we've got a slight chance for showers early, then partly cloudy skies with a high of 48. On Friday, partly cloudy with a high of 40. And on Saturday, mostly sunny with a high of 40. Right now in Madison, it's 49 degrees. In Green Bay, it's 37. In Waukesha, it's 47. And in Milwaukee, it's 44 degrees. I'm Jessica Gatso, Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News Time is 7.07. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Oh, Max, you're going to be in trouble already. We are not WTMJ Nights anymore. As of yesterday, we are WTMJ at night. Didn't they get Max? They didn't give you the new in, the new open. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> wow. We'll, All right. Well, we'll listen. Work on that. Yeah, it's in there because they played it last night. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, maybe Isaac is trying to uh, sabotage you. No, no, no. That's on me. We'll, yeah. we'll get it right. We'll get it right. No, listen. I, I'm here either way. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what they call it. The show is uh, the show is now. I am the host. Uh, you are the producer. Here is the number eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you want to get involved in the program, and why wouldn't you? No matter what we call it, we're here to talk to you about uh, well, whatever it is that we're going to talk about. If you call in, be nice to Max. He's already behind the eight ball. Uh, the show's about forty seconds old, and he is already. Uh, He's already in trouble with management. Not with me, but with management. But our text question of the night, if you're going to text in, today is National Love Your Pet Day. Uh, tell us one thing you love about your pet. One thing you love about your pet. I will uh, I will start to get the ball rolling because um, we have one dog left. I should, we, have, we recently lost a, a dog. But the dog we have left, Lawson, is a hound lab mix. And the one thing I love about him is he is just the most affectionate, lazy lump of dog you have ever met, and uh, he's great. So that's why, that's my love my pet thought. But you are free to jump in with yours, 855-616-1620. Max, do you have a pet? Yeah, I have a cat. I do. A cat? Yes. What do you love about your cat? Uh, you know what? After a long day of work, and without fail, every time I come home, as soon as I open the door, it's just sitting there waiting for me, crying, wanting to play with me, also begging for food. But, sure. uh, you know, it's just having that, that thing to come home to every single day. That's very nice. See, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't think cats were that affectionate. You know, I, I thought, know I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I thought that as well. Uh, I always had dogs growing up, never had cats. Right. My mom was allergic. And when I ended up living by myself, cats are a little bit more self-sufficient. So I was like, sure. okay, I'll get a cat. And I, I'll tell you what, they are as lovable as dogs. My cat snuggles with me every night. Oh. Uh, yeah, she Look sits next that. to me whenever I'm on the computer or whatever. So, yeah, I love cats now. Very nice. Well, I, I have no animosity towards cats. Um, I've just always been, it's funny. You said your mom was allergic. That was the excuse my parents uh, used for my brothers and I to not have a dog growing up that I was allergic. And yet, uh, I've had dogs for 30 years. My brothers all have dogs, no allergies. I don't know if these mysterious allergies went away. I think they were just a, uh, 
they were gaslighting me so that they didn't have to take on the responsibility of a dog along with four boys. But that's just me theorizing. What do I know? Uh, so, yes, today is Love Your Pet Day. Here, this, I saw this story today, and it made me laugh, laugh, laugh. Because, let's be honest, whether you um, are a supporter of the former president, President Trump, or you are not, we've all heard the crazy stuff that he spouts nonstop. We heard it for the four years he was in office. We heard it for the year before when he was campaigning. We've heard it in the uh, four years since he left office. Um, but a story came out today that President Biden has told his staff, his senior aides, to more aggressively highlight the crazy S that Donald Trump says in public. Uh, that according to a CNN report. How much more attention could we pay to the crazy stuff he says in public. Now, don't, you know, you may not think it's crazy. A lot of people do. A lot of uh, things have been proven wrong that he says. Uh, does that make him unique? No, but I'm not going to sit here and do whataboutisms and what everybody says crazy stuff. All right. Fine. We'll, I'll acquiesce to that. Everybody says crazy stuff. But at this point... What good does it do to highlight the crazy stuff or the crazy S, according to uh, President Biden's aides, that he says? We all know it. I think, aren't we, aren't we kind of immune from a lot of it at this point? Is I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired. I, you know, if I listen to the news here on WTMJ, if I watch the news on television, uh, if I pick up a paper or go to a newspaper's website, it's everywhere. If I watch a late night comedy show, it's on there. If I watch Saturday Night Live, they're putting it up there. We are all very, very well aware of what he says. And to me, it's going to be more detrimental because this is my question for you at 855-616-1620. When it comes to political ads, are you, one, are you swayed by any of them? And what's more effective to you, negative ads or an ad that's more positive highlighting the candidate's achievements? I would rather have them highlighting their own achievements. I want to know what did you do, not just what do you think the other person did that's bad. Uh, I don't need any more scare tactics because, let's be honest, uh, a lot of us are already worried about what's going on, so... Mm, we don't really we don't really need to be scared of that. Uh, we're we're way too familiar with both candidates. We know their deal. Uh, I don't think either, any of us are going to be swayed by any kind of ad anymore. So this just struck me. It was like, okay, it's like we just heard in Jessica's newscast. Well, I'm gonna the, the president saying he's gonna um, unveil some sanctions against Russia on Friday. And you know what that got from Russia? A huge shrug. Who cares? They don't care. I mean, I guess it looks good. It makes America look tough because we're imposing sanctions on somebody. But in reality, it's not going to do much. All right, so back to this. Um, they were on... Uh, MJ Lee is the reporter with CNN. She was covering the White House today. She's the one who talked to the senior aides and told them about this. Uh, she reported that, according to the aides... Biden believes it is critical himself to paint the former president as being unhinged and simply unfit for office. 
Uh, We're told that the thrust of the president's direction was to significantly ramp up the campaign's efforts to highlight the crazy stuff that Trump says in public. Okay, again, you can ramp it up, but how fast can you turn over these commercials? Because let's be honest, if you listen, that stuff's coming every day. We're, we, we know he's going to say some unhinged stuff. So yeah, do so at your peril, I guess. Go ahead and um, highlight the crazy, but I think you should do everybody a favor. Highlight your own strengths. This is for every candidate, but especially Joe Biden, who's uh, you know under attack because he's allegedly too old and uh, may not be mentally sound. So why don't you just focus on proving that to be erroneous and standing on the good things you've done as president or the good things you've done as, as a senator or a councilman or whatever, whatever election you're running for, little less, little less attack. All right, speaking of elections, you know, uh, the scientists, the nerds have taken over. The computers are now running everything. Well, there's big worry about how AI is going to affect Wisconsin and you and I as we go to the polls. We'll talk about that and more. And don't forget the big text question of the night. Today is National Love Your Pet Day. Tell me one thing you love about your pet. 855-616-1620. It's WTMJ at night. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. At night. I... Anytime I hear a story or read a story about AI, I start to get worried and I start to feel like I'm very old because AI is here. There are good uses for it. That's fine. I'm not, uh, I'm not raging against technology. What I'm worried about is what a lot of people are worried about, that during this political season, deceptive AI campaigns uh, could target Wisconsin. Lawmakers are worried about that. They're trying to figure out how to stop it, how to target it. And um, if you remember, right before the New Hampshire primary, there was a phone call allegedly from, it was one of those robocalls, it was allegedly from President Biden, and it told people uh, not to go to the polls. Well, that that wasn't true. It wasn't him at all. It was one of these deep fakes. I don't know. I'm not sure. Deep fakes are for video, too, but I don't know if they call it. Anyway, you know what it is. It was, uh, it was AI, AI-generated. Then a Ron DeSantis ad featured Donald Trump's voice reading a post he wrote on True Social. Problem was, he had never said those things. So that was fake. So lawmakers here in Wisconsin are worried, even though they, they say they don't have any evidence yet of any sort of exact, specific AI threat. But... They are worried as things ramp up for the general election that that is going to be happening. Now, um, the federal government is looking into this, but hey, here's a surprise. Federal government going very slow about this. Just, uh, well, like the federal government does. Nothing is fast at the federal government. So they're trying to do something on a state level to do this. Uh, Five states, including Minnesota and Michigan, already have laws that uh, regulate AI and campaign ads. That's according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Um, and it's it's moving slowly through the legislature here in Wisconsin. They're hoping to add it, add Wisconsin to the list of states that have this. Um, people need to be, because I'll be, 
I'll be honest with you, and I don't know if you feel this way, I don't really trust any of these ads now. I never, first of all, I never answer the robocalls because I don't answer any call from a person I don't know or from a number I don't know, rather. If your number isn't in my caller ID as a contact, you're leaving a voicemail. So I don't worry about I don't worry about falling victim to a deep fake on that. But when it comes to these TV commercials, we don't know. One of the things that they're hoping to do with this bill is have to have a disclaimer on the commercials, which I think is a really good idea. It would have to say contains content generated by AI at the beginning of the commercial. Now, they don't have to tell you exactly what that is, but maybe that would make you think twice if you go, all right, hmm, I just saw this commercial from pick a candidate, any candidate, but they told me that there was some AI in there. What part of it was AI? Was it the voice of somebody endorsing him or her? Was it uh, their alleged misdeeds? What was uh, What was going on? So Texas and Minnesota have laws. Uh, they ban AI-generated ads in the lead-up to all elections. The Wisconsin bill doesn't include a timeline or a blanket restrictions. Uh, lawmakers said they were concerned that that could invite legal challenges based on free speech, which raises, raises an interesting point. I'm all for free speech. I make my living thanks to free speech. But free speech also has consequences. Plus, if, so, if a computer is generating that speech, is it the free speech of a citizen that is protected? That's going to be a very interesting legal argument as these cases start popping up in the courts. Where does free speech end? Does free speech end with a human being? Well, you can argue that a human being entered the, the programs into the computer, so it is an extension of human thought and human speech, so therefore it would be protected. Boy, if I was going to law school now, that's what I'd get into. I'd get into all this kind of free speech and AI stuff, because those are the cases that are going to be popping up everywhere. Well, if a TV station, according to this new bill in Wisconsin, um... If TV station doesn't stop an AI-generated ad from airing, they could um, have a $1,000 fine for each violation. The FCC, you know this, that we're required, they're required to run candidates' ads regardless of their content. Broadcasters have to check political ads for certain things before they air, such as quality control for volume and a disclaimer for who paid for the ad. Uh, those take time, but um, it's going to be a lot tougher if... Stations have to vet whether if the whether these commercials were made by AI or not. I don't know. I just I'm not here's here's my tip and take it for what it's worth. I don't know. I'm going to trust absolutely no political ads. Not that I trusted them before, because let's be I here's a little uh, a little behind the scenes. A long time ago, I helped somebody uh, who used to work on campaigns. I helped create ads for them. And I recorded a bunch of radio commercials and they were all attack ads. And one of them, there was a big uproar because I did a, a bunch of voices uh, of people doing uh, chicanery for this 
candidate that was running against the person we were working for. So I know that a lot of it is BS. And if you get those mailers, uh, if you look at most of those, it's just, well, I'll say it, it's lies. A lot of it is lies. And, and they count on us just believing because we, we tend to believe the worst about people. So just be careful as we're going into this. And just don't, don't be one of those people who go, well, I saw it on a TV commercial, so it's got to be true. No, it should be the exact opposite. You saw it on a commercial? It's got to be a lie. All right, we got to do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ at night. At ADAMM.com. It's WTMJ at night. We're until 9 tonight. Uh, the text question of the night is, because it is National Love Your Pet Day, tell us one thing you love about your pet. From the 414, my fur baby, my cat Tequila, got me through my parents' passing with her love and snuggles. Yeah, pets, pets do seem to do that. From the 262, I'm pet-free at present, but my now-departed, beloved, longtime dog seemingly lived to protect our family and tried at every opportunity to behave as necessary to please us and serve us, even though... We never trained her that way, nor expected, demanded that she was truly man's best friend. And from the 414, Deuteronomy, my 13-year-old handsome boy, he is such a cuddler. He loves to play as well, and he's a little bit of a chunker, uh, but good for cuddles. He has, uh, he has a fabulous purr. He also has all the neighbors in love with him, too. We live in a building near the WTMJ Studios downtown. He roams the hallway because he will yowl until I let him out. And he gets to say hello to the neighbors. Sorry for the loss of your dog. Well, thank you very much. It is very hard to lose a, uh, a pet. The price for all that unconditional love, but it's totally worth every tear and every moment with your dogs. It is. When you have a pet, it is... Uh, I didn't realize how hard it was until I had a pet, how hard it was to lose a pet. And uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. It has been a rough winter, too, for a lot of people, uh, especially people in the snow business, whether it's uh, recreation or... Um, snow clearing, but Wisconsin businesses hurt by a lack of snowfall may be eligible for a federal disaster assistance loan, state and federal officials said today. Um, Northern Wisconsin snowfall totals are down from 20 to 75 inches this year. So it's estimated that Forest, Lion, Forest Iron, Langley, Lincoln, Oneida, Price, and Vilas counties lost millions of dollars in revenue. Tuesday, uh, that's today, Governor Evers uh, said the U.S. Small Business Administration has confirmed the agency will consider business losses from the winter to be related to drought and then be eligible for assistance. So that is excellent news. All right, it is uh, time for the Signing Unlimited WTMJ News Time. That news time is 7.30. ABC News and local headlines are next. Today, today is your day. It's WTMJ at night. I'm Brian Noonan. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ talk and text line. Be honest, are you sometimes a little overwhelmed by just how fast things are going in the digital age? You find yourself not being able to concentrate on one thing. You're, you know, we're all doing a million things. We're watching TV. We're looking at our phones. We're reading an article. We're, we're listening to something else. We're, a lot's going on. Well... If that is uh, the case with you, you may, you may be suffering from the newest 
malaise in the world, popcorn brain. Have you ever heard of popcorn brain, Max? No, I've not. I've heard of popcorn lung. I've never heard of popcorn brain. This sounds popcorn interesting. lung. I have heard of. Yes, Noel. Now we're adding to the popcorn family of diseases. It's first it was popcorn lung. Now it's popcorn brain, and um, it's a tendency for our attention and focus to jump quickly from one thing to another, like popping kernels of corn. It's like we're all chasing. We're all rabbits, just chasing. Oh, oh or a dog chasing a uh, a ball or a rabbit or a, a cat chasing the little uh, the little light the little fuzzball that you have on the stick we're all doing it now according to mental health experts this is not new but we do uh, we're hearing more about it in 2011 a university of washington researcher coined the term uh one study found that 62.3 percent of the global population is on social media that seems i guess that seems low to me to be honest but there you go, 62.3%. The average daily usage last month clocking in at 2 hours and 23 minutes. 2 hours. I, mm, I'm a little below. I'm, I'm Hopefully I'm a lot below that, but I know I'm a little below that. How about you, Max? Are you 223? If that's the bar, are you going the over or the under for oh. social media usage <laughs> in a day? I hate to admit it to myself, but I'm probably on the over. Where do you where do you scroll the most? Is it X? Is it TikTok? Is it uh, Instagram? Yeah, I'm not a big TikTok guy or Insta Instagram. Mostly Twitter, and then uh, I don't know if this counts as social media, but YouTube as well. Yeah, you, oh, definitely YouTube is social media. Definitely, because you you go on there, you're watching other people's videos. What are you a big unboxing fan? You like to see the kids take <laughs> things out of boxes? No, I'm not into that stuff. But uh, they right. have the YouTube Shorts, which is like uh, the reels on Instagram, where you just scroll from one to the other. They're about sure. 60 seconds a piece. And I know I'm just scrambling my brain doing it, but I mean I don't know. It just it is what it is. Right, and that's I mean you think you've heard about people talking about short attention spans for a long time, and it's it's true. And I find myself doing it where i'm missing like I, there's shows that i want to watch the other night for example um we were watching the finale of true detective well i fell asleep toward the end so i have to rewatch it but even then i was struggling to not look at my phone and pay attention to the show because they were you know it was the finale they were telling every everything that happened but i find myself always thinking of other things you know Try. I focus. I focus when I'm doing this, but but it's hard because there's a bunch of screens in front of us. So uh, I try to focus, but you know my popcorn brain is my attention span is getting shorter and shorter, and I think that's why I have trouble reading. Not because I can't uh, understand the words. I know how to read, but uh, I tend to fall asleep and get bored when I when I start reading. Even though I used to read nonstop for hours and hours and hours. Now, it just seems like, oh, okay. A psychologist uh, said that in excessively scrolling and browsing through new posts, alerts, engagements, and advertisements triggers a small dopamine release that rewards the brain and fuels the cycle. So over time, the constant demand for attention and the rapid switching between tasks can lead to a feeling of mental restlessness and the, the brain bouncing around as it struggles to maintain focus. Does that sound familiar? It does It does to me. Uh, some key aspects of popular apps seem uniquely suited to scatter focus. Now, Max's example of the YouTube shorts, where all of a sudden 
He's watching one 60-second video, and then what, uh, six hours later you come up for Air Max? Yeah, I mean, that's about how it goes. I mean, it's it's a lot like the TikTok or Instagram Reels. They're yep. all like that. Yeah, it's brutal. You just keep, you're like, oh, well, these are, these are short. How much? It's like eating Halloween candy. You know, they're the little tiny candy bars. So, oh, well, I can't, one is nothing. I got, you know, I got to eat five, six, seven. That now we're maybe up to one full candy bar. It's the same thing with watching these little videos. And I, I'm as guilty as the next person. Uh, the constant digital stimulation appears to be affecting brain performance. According to research, the research is suggesting that neural pathways in the brain are being rerouted and adapted to accommodate the demands of multitasking and rapid information processing. The problem with multitasking is that no real progress is being made on either task. You're, you're not focused fully. And we all know to do the best work, you have to be totally focused. For here's a here's a real easy example. So my daughter and I play this New York Times Connections every day. It's you get 16 words, you have to put them into groups of four. Uh, you figure out how four of these words are connected. You put them in. Uh, I can't do it with anything else going on. I, I can't have. I can't be watching TV and doing it. I can't be listening to the radio. I can't. I have to be in silence, staring at this and really focusing in order to do it. Because I, I've found over the months or two or three months that we've been doing this together that any distraction, you know, I'm still looking at the words. I still think I'm focusing on my task, but part of my brain is focusing on other things and I am not able to do it. So, you want some suggestions to uh, ease popcorn brain? Of course, that's why you come to this show, to get medical and uh, psychological <laughs> solutions to all your problems. Because I'm nothing if not a trusted medical provider. Uh, that is a joke. Do not take my medical advice because I am not a licensed physician or a therapist. But anyway, this is coming from experts. Uh, some suggestions for easing popcorn brain. Limit your tech usage to certain times and undergo digital detoxes to let the brain rest and recharge. All right, Max, no YouTube for you tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> it's asking a, a lot. Detox. All right, I'll do it. Sorry, I'll do brother, it. you got a detox. <laughs> um, participate in screen-free activities like meditating, enjoying nature, exercising, reading, or creating art. Maybe you sketch something for me, Max. Oh, sure. Do a drawing. Yeah. Get out your, your charcoals and do something nice. <laughs> Make sure to pause to focus on a single task to train your brain not to multitask all the time. See, that's what I'm having to do with uh, connections. Periodically delete apps to try to regain control of your social media usage. This almost, and I don't say this flippantly because addiction is a tough thing, but this almost sounds like some of the steps that they, they tell you uh, if you're in AA or something, you know, you got to you just got to delete it. You got to get away from it and get control. From the 262, I think social media should be called anti-social media. I don't feel like it makes us any more social. With that said, I spend several hours on anti-social media per day. I'm probably one of the only blind people that has an active TikTok presence. Ooh. Yeah, that, I, that's, I'm a little, uh, I'm confused by that st statement. But I maybe, is there... To the texter, is there a different? Are there different settings on the social media platforms for somebody who is visually impaired, 
or uh, hearing impaired? Do they do they make them accessible? They must if you have an active TikTok presence. All right, let's uh, let's have an active advertising presence, and let's here's this. While the while the spots are running and our lovely sponsors are talking to you, focus only on them. Don't try to multitask. Just once. See if it'll work. Let me know. It's WTMJ at night. All right, our text question of the night is because it is a national Love Your Pet Day. Tell us one thing about your pet, 855-616-1620. From the 262, my husky Lucy gives me the best hugs. Eight-year pancreatic cancer survivor here. Congratulations. Sometimes I think she just knows when I need one. Also think the family is jealous, probably. Huskies are beautiful dogs. They got those, uh, those ice blue eyes. We used to live across our first house, across the alley, there was a couple that had two Huskies. Man, those dogs were pretty. And I kept, I felt so bad for them in the middle of the summer. You know, I loved it in the winter because everybody else would be complaining how cold it is. I'd look out the kitchen window and those Huskies were just diving in the snow and having the time of their lives. But in the summer, they were just laying on the porch like, oh, this is not where we belong at all. This is, this is bad news. Is your cat uh, is your cat just an indoor cat, Max? Yeah, no. She I tried to take her outside and she's petrified. She literally just really. Yeah, I, I took her to a park over by the uh, by the lake, and no, she she wouldn't even come out of her little crate. She was terrified. I've seen people lately. I've seen it more than I ever did before. People walking their cats. Like yeah. they walk the like they walk a dog. Yeah, I have a and harness I, and leash for her and and even that freaks her out. She just doesn't even like having that on her. So she's a little scary yeah. cat. I didn't oh, oh look at what you did there. They're very good. Mm-hmm. I didn't know cats I didn't know you could put cats on a leash. I get I guess you could put anything on a leash, but Yeah, my brother my brother has a cat as well and his cat loves to go outside and he'll put on a leash, it'll walk and all that stuff. So it just depends on the cat, I suppose. I guess, yeah. That's well well listen, you learn something new every day. It's it's things that I should have learned a long time ago. All right, real quick, do you have a Stanley uh, a Stanley Cup? Max? I, I do not. I know that's all the craze these days, though. Oh, it's everybody's got Stanley Cups. I, I have one only because it was given to me as a Christmas gift by my nieces, but now I may have to fling it into the trash because all good things must come to an end. Stanley is being uh, accused of not disclosing the presence of lead in their tumblers. Now, that is that is a headline designed to cause hysteria, and uh, maybe you just threw yours out the window and went, wait, wait Brian, you didn't it's, it's not as bad as it sounds? Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's a proposed class. There's two proposed class action lawsuits filed in U.S. District Court. They come weeks after Stanley confirmed that the quote-unquote sealing material they used to secure the vacuum insulation at the base of their products contains quote-unquote some lead. Okay. I'm Again, I, I don't know. Some lead. I know... Uh, you know, back in the day when there was lead in paint, some kids only ate uh, some paint, and it wasn't good. Stanley said, rest assured that no lead is present on the surface of any Stanley product that comes into contact with the consumer, nor the contents of the product. Concerns about the lead cup uh, started, started circulating after a number of consumers performed at-home lead tests. Ah, uh, I know that we all got in the habit of taking at-home COVID tests. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to trust an at-home lead test done by some, uh, some you know, 
rando housewife who just uh, who's trying to not have to buy her kids any more Stanley Cups. So instead of just telling them no, she's going to run some lead tests. Um, there have been no reputable, consistent indications that the cups contain lead in the inner portion that holds the liquid. Some customers, of course, would not believe that. They were not. They were still ill at ease. So separate lawsuits brought by two women. Uh, they alleged that the company did not warn purchasers of potential presence of lead. Um, according to a statement, uh, uh, Stanley said they will vigorously defend themselves against these meritless claims. So supposedly, if you look at the bottom of your Stanley, if you have a Stanley cup, look down there at the bottom, and there's a little uh, little ring, and that's where the lead is supposed to be holding the vacuum seal onto the base. And uh, But again... Even though the lawsuits are alleging that they failed to consider that the vacuum seal could break and expose the user to lead, and that they deceptive they were deceptive in their advertising, um, Stanley is saying no, this is not true. There, uh, everything is going to be fine. So there is a drop that contains some lead that's used in the bottom cap of the seal uh, of the insulated cups. The bit of lead is enclosed in stainless steel, meaning the lead does not sit on the surface of the tumbler, nor does it come in contact with the drink. Uh, you know, there's so many things that can kill me. I'm not going to worry too much about my Stanley Cup. I use the only time I use it really is if I'm do, when I'm doing the show, and that's only sometimes. So I'm not too worried about it at all. All right, let's do this, and then when we come back. There is a very exciting, exciting new thing here at WTMJ, and I'm not talking about the name of this show. I'm talking about a partnership with the Bucks. We'll get into that in just a second. WTMJ. Get your podcasts. All right. On the other side of the news, we will have that exciting news about a partnership that we have entered into here at WTMJ. We're also going to talk about Wisconsin novelty plates. There are so many out there, and so many of us are uh, using them. we got a lot to get to. And if you're a Van Halen fan, right on, I am. We're going to have a little news on that, too. So a lot to get to. But first, we have to do a little business and then hear the news. Then it'll be our time to start our number two of WTMJ at night. Because the sun will be up when the show starts. But that's not for now. That's for later. Right now, we got to get into it. Uh, our text question of the night. Today is National Love Your Pet Day. Tell us one thing you love about your pet. 855-616-1620. You can answer throughout the show. Uh, in well, we'll give it a couple minutes, and then after the next break, I will. Uh, I had teased um, a big partnership, and you heard a little bit about it on the news. Uh, we've got a clip of our boss explaining it. So you know, if the boss records them, I might as well play it. You know. Not that I'm kissing up or anything, Max. I don't want you to think less of me, but, uh, you know, can't hurt, right? Uh, I do not have specialty or vanity plates on my car. I never, there was a brief period of time when I was younger that I thought, oh, maybe I'll get some vanity plates. But now uh, there's a whole list of specialty plates. There's for every group, basically, that you could want to donate to or support, there is a specialty plate. And... According to Wisconsin's, um, according to what's going on in Wisconsin, there are 
I don't know, a huge list. So here's the deal. Uh, these are the most popular specialty license plates. And if you have one, let me know. Uh, let me know which one you have. We'll see where it comes in on the list. And uh, also, uh, tell me why. Like, I just like regular old license plates, I guess. I don't want to draw more attention to myself, especially because uh, I drive rather aggressively. And I'd like to keep that to myself. So last year, over a half million residents showcased uh, their support of things. They hit the road with specialty license plates. There are more than 50 specially designed license plates available in Wisconsin. Uh, recent addition that supports the Ice Age Trail. So two more could be coming soon. A blackout design popular in other states and an International Crane Foundation plate. The State Department of Transportation keeps track of how many each of each specialty plate are registered per year. What do you have on your car, Max? Just a regular old plate? Yep, just a regular old plate. Yeah. See, here's the other thing. We pay so much for our license plates and registration, I don't want to pay any extra. That's I'm cheap that way. Uh, about 367,000 plates were registered in the top three categories last year. Collector plates are, uh, these are for collector cars and motorcycles and hobbyist vehicles. They were the top three, 367. So if you see a car with a light blue with red letters, that's a collector plate. Hobbyist plates are green with yellow letters. You can get those if, you're, if your car is over 20 years old. Um, I don't know if you're actually a collector or if you're just somebody who hasn't been able to afford a new car. But, uh, yeah, because... More and more, that's uh, becoming impossible. But that's another story. So if your car is over 20 years old, you can get the collector plate. Um, vehicles that have been altered might be eligible for a hobbyist plate. Those include replica, reconstructed, and homemade vehicles. Because nothing says, ooh, I want to be driving on the highway next to a homemade vehicle. That is uh, no thank you. Those plates cannot be personalized. There are military group license plates. I've seen a lot of... A lot of uh, a, a number of those for retired military veterans. I see a lot of the um, Vietnam War veterans have those plates. Those That's the one I see most often. They have them for active uh, military as well, uh, military academy students. About 24,000 of those plates were registered last year. Um, and then it goes to uh, different Elkhart Lakes Road America license plates. Yeah, that's one of the newer license plates. Uh, it's a racetrack near Elkhart Lake. Road America. It's taken off in popularity. About 2,700 of those plates were uh, were registered when it came out in 2021. About 20,000 were on the roads in 2023. It's kind of like a blackout style plate. The plate has an entirely black background with a white outline of the racetrack to the left of the registration number. Now you get those. The plate is 15 and if you want to personalize the numbers, that's an additional $15. About 18,000 plates uh, supported endangered resources were registered last year. A plate that features a badger is no longer available. So why bother? The original Gray Wolf design is still available. About 8,500 8, of those were registered. There will be uh, one that features a bald eagle. Those are $15 and a $25 annual donation that supports the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Everybody loves the Packers. Give me a guess, Max. How many how many Packers plates do you think were on the road last year in Wisconsin? Oh gosh, one hundred. Based on the other numbers. Oh geez, I have I have no idea. Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. More? No less. Less. Max. Think less. Twenty thousand. Fifteen to sixteen thousand. All right, close enough. 
Good. Yeah, your first guess was way off. <laughs> the 20,000, I would have been impressed. I would have said, oh, you're pretty close. 100,000. Holy cow. I don't know. A lot of people love the Packers here. A lot of people that. love the Packers. That's true. But do a lot of people want to pay $15 and then a $25 donation that uh, supports maintenance and operating costs at Lambeau Field? I don't yes, know. probably they do. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they also pay to be a fake owner. So I think that it's certainly reasonable. <laughs> <coughs> oh, you are going to draw the ire of the <laughs> stockholders now. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That was Max. Uh, remember when, when you direct your angry emails and texts, that was Max calling you a fake owner. <laughs> <laughs> those, I'll have you know, Max, those certificates are suitable for framing. That's it. Well, I'm sure. I mean, if, what, what else are you going to do with course. it? Of <laughs> course. Well, you, you frame them, you hang them in the, uh, yeah. right over the dining room table next to your uh, embroidered picture of Jesus. Yeah. And, and then people come to your house and go, oh, look at that. They're Jesus. And you're, oh, you're an owner of the Packers. <laughs> yeah. They say, yep. wow, you really are a special breed of uh, Packer fan. I was going to say something else, but. <laughs> I know you were. And I was just going to let you say it. I wasn't even going to stop you. I was like, All right. Listen, this They're, is already They're already mad enough at me. So I'll just leave it at that. I have dug. Uh, many a hole on this program so i know when the shovel is out and if i'm not digging i'm gonna let somebody else go ahead and uh, move that dirt so all right here here are the top here are the rest of the the top plates and we won't go through the whole the whole uh list but uw madison i uh, had 9400 plates the brewers had 7100 almost 7200 plates in god we trust had Almost 6,000. The antique cars had almost 6,000. Firefighter plates with white design had 5,500. Harley Davidson Share the Road had 5,000. And the firefighters with uh, red and white design had 5,000. Then there's another Brewers. The first Brewers one was the Ball and Glove logo, which is my favorite. But then they had the uh, another one that came in was the M in the Wisconsin logo, which is a good one too. But I, I like the old school Ball and Glove. Uh, here's here's a response to our text question the night. Tell us one thing you love about your pet. I love it when I leave for work at 5.30 a.m., and as soon as I leave, the cat wakes my wife up every morning. Oh, you got that cat trained well. Get the cat to get up to wake the wife. Uh, we were talking about AI before when it came to trying to dupe us during the election. I believe we may have reached the critical point where we have to look at ourselves as a society and say, we may be lost. I will explain my thoughts on that after this. It's WTMJ at night. Ends.com. All right, we got a text. I, what do you love about your pet is the text question of the night at 855-616-1620. Uh, let's just say that Danny in Batavia, not happy, has two dogs. Uh, does not like the dogs. Nothing but noisy, messy, and money-consuming animals that I would gladly give up. Well, Danny, I'm guessing then you are not celebrating National Love Your Pet Day. But you know, maybe, listen, maybe somebody, maybe you could find somebody who would uh, take the dogs off your hands and give them love. All right, this is the weirdest thing I've heard today, and I've heard a lot of things. I heard Max just about to uh, end his career here in Milwaukee a couple minutes ago, which was uh, thrilling, I've got to say. <laughs> Just thrilling. <laughs> God, I can entertain you. Well, thank you. Sometimes, listen, I'm so busy trying to uh, entertain and inform the public that sometimes it's nice to be entertained myself. But this this entertains me as well because it shows 
I don't, we're just, we're at the edge of, of something. A Spanish artist is making AI and marriage history. Why? Because she is said to become the first person to marry a hologram generated by artificial intelligence. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. I'm going to let you, Brian, did you just say she was going to marry a hologram generated by AI? Yes, that's exactly what I said. You weren't, uh, you weren't suffering some sort of hearing impairment. That's what I said. She will use the marriage to explore the complexities of relationships. How? You're talking to a computer screen, basically. It, she'll also study how the impact AI could have on emotions. All right. She's an artist. We know artists uh, think in a different way. They're very creative, but this sounds a little crazy. She said it's a romantic relationship between a woman and artificial intelligence. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what every time a guy gets caught in front of his computer, no, it's just a relationship between myself and some artificial intelligence, honey. Don't worry about it. It's uh, it's nothing. No, don't uh, stop. Um, she goes on to say, we know that soon robots and humans will be sexual partners. We do. Max, did you heard that? Had you gotten the newsletter? I had not, and I don't wish to ever hear that again. Yeah, and I don't believe it's, uh, I don't think that's a thing, you know? I don't know how it can be. <laughs> and I also don't know uh, where, why haven't I heard of this? You, that, that's something I would, I would like to have heard of. Hey, don't worry, pretty soon you're going to have a robot girlfriend, and it's going to be great. Well, then are you, then the ethical questions of, if you're with a robot, is it cheating? Well, if this woman's marriage experiment talks about the emotions that you would have with AI or robots, then yes, it would. You would be, you would still be emotionally giving yourself to something that could short out once you consummate your love. So you got to be really careful. Uh, I won't repeat that sentence because it's troubling. Yeah, quite please, frankly. please don't. It's, uh, <laughs> she says, but for me, the next important step is emotionally involving artificial intelligence with humans. How about we focus on humans interacting with humans? Because there seems to be enough trouble with that, which is why I think the rise of the AI and the possibility of uh, robot love is, you know, starting to come into, into people's thoughts. Because we can't, we have a hard time connecting with human beings. People don't want to talk on the phone anymore. People are staying in. Uh, we're ordering our meals online and they're dropping them at our doors. And we're becoming more and more separate. So if you never have to try to actually meet someone in real life, or IRL as the kids like to say, that's what the kids like to say, right, Max? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, thank you. I like to, I got to stay up on what the kids like to say. But if you don't have to, if you don't have to actually put yourself out there with a human being and you can just unplug your partner and just, um, I'm rebooting you. You, you are not thinking the way I want you to think. Just power off. And then they come back on. Um, she also, well, this, this woman has a history of this, this Alicia Framas, a Spanish artist. She previously explored the topic of companionship by living with a mannequin named Pierre. Who hasn't? Which is creepier, Max? A mannequin named Pierre or... A robot uh they're 
pretty much both equal, but I would say the mannequin has to take the edge just because one, mannequins are creepy, and two, it's at least an AI, I suppose, can have some sort of conversation or something. A mannequin. That's true. There's nothing else. That's just that. That that's just that's just flat out wrong. Yeah, I don't. But if you think about it, a lot of people are already are already having relationships, and I mean relationships in the, in the loosest sense. But you're talking to people online, you're dating online, all of this stuff that is basically the predecessor of AI. It just seems, it's, now that it's finally, and granted, it's, I don't think it's widespread, I think it's this one uh, artist, but uh, the fact that it's even out there should, should be an inspiration for us to say, you know what, I'm going to just try to talk to people. That's probably uh, that's probably a good thing, um, but I don't know. Do you think this is going to evolve into something more? You know what is evolving, and it's uh, it's troubling. My detest for the airlines, and I think uh, you may be on my side with this one because a couple people, a uh, couple people like you, Max, troubled by this woman marrying an AI story. So we're going to move to something different, and we are going to focus our rage. On the skies after this on WTMJ at night. Oh, I'm already running late for you. Get your podcasts. It's WTMJ at night. I'm Brian Noonan. We're here till nine o'clock. Uh, somebody texting in their support for you, Max. They say Max sounds adorable. Highly doubtful his career is in actual jeopardy. Wow, I appreciate that. Not now, because he stopped himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I knew yeah, where I was, was going, and I stopped yeah. myself. I knew where you were going too, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, "All right." We see. talked about it in the see, break. <laughs> we did. Uh, I would listen. I was happy. It gave me a, a strange joy, uh, unlike flying anywhere. That uh, I I understand. I I fly when I have to. We all do that. But I am sick and tired of the airlines nickel and diming us to death for every little thing. They're, you know, when they're in trouble, oh, they get the bailouts, and then they just pass pass th all these little costs onto us. And today I was infuriated once again because American Airlines is now upping their checked luggage prices. This is why if I'm flying domestic, I fly Southwest because you get you, to check your first bag free, you get a carry-on bag, um, you know, the seat is the seat's no smaller than any other seat on any other plane because we all know that unless you're five foot two, you're really jammed into these airline seats because there's no there's no room in the front, there's no room on the sides. The airlines are just trying to jam more and more people in and make more money. Well, now the uh, American today said that the price of the first check bag on most flights is increasing to forty dollars. For customers that didn't prepay online, oh Brian, how much would I save if I pre save if I prepaid online? Well, you'd save five whole dollars. It'll be thirty-five dollars if you pay online during your check-in. That's a thirty-three percent increase from what it previously cost on American Airlines, which was thirty dollars for both methods. Uh, now that's going to be for just uh, you, the U.S., Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. They're all affect affected by these. They also hiked the price of a second check bag to $45. How many of us have changed how we pack 
when we go on vacations now because of the unbelievably high fees for just about everything. I know I, I, I used to try to bring, I, I, I used to overpack. I was guilty of that because, um, you know, some things that are, it's hard to find. It's hard to find my size in certain things. So I was always like, well, I got to bring extra. I got to bring way too many things. Now I bring just enough and pray that uh, nothing happens, that I don't have to stay an extra day or, uh, you know, whatever. But back to American, they're change, they're raising their prices on other routes as well. Check baggage fees on flights between uh, to and from U.S. to Canada, the Caribbean, Mexico, Central America are now thirty-five dollars, up from thirty. Second check bag is forty-five dollars, up from forty. They're well, they went into effect today. Anything you booked from today on, that's it. American said in a press release that it hasn't hiked bag prices since 2018. Oh, so should we give you a hearty clap on the back, American Airlines? No. Still going to say, ugh, I can't say it. I, I'm almost, I, I feel your pain now. Man, yeah, I want to yeah, go I down see. a certain yeah, road. I saw But that. I cannot say it. So Delta is doing the same thing. United's doing the same thing. But uh, they charge 30 for the first check bag right now, 40 for the second on those routes. The price increase, uh, they say, is coming because airlines are battling rising fuel and labor costs. Uh, they revealed uh, their earning last night or last month, American did, that its net income plunged 98% for the last three months in 2023. Well, you know what? Then maybe, maybe uh, you got to do what other companies do when they can't make money and go out of business. But then, of course, we'll get screwed by the other airlines who are, you know, just going to go, well, if Americans out of the picture, we could raise our ticket prices. So U.S. airlines make, we all know, we always complain about the fees. I complain about them. I talk about them all the time. In 2022, airlines made $6.8 billion on baggage fees. And that's according to uh, recent data from the Bureau of Transportation Statistics. $6.8 billion, but they gotta, they got to jack up the price a little more so that you can uh, take a, a checked bag. I always checked a bag. I did Last year I went on a short, like, three-day trip, and I did it with just a carry-on, and it was, it was fantastic. No check in the bag, no waiting at the carousel for the bag to come down. And, you, you know, somehow your flight is always the last flight that the bags come down, so you're just, uh, you're just standing there waiting. But, yeah, good news if you're flying and you have money to burn. All right. Here's something you can do for free. If you are a Milwaukee Bucks fan, and who isn't? You hear them all the time, all the games here on WTMJ. You hear Justin Garcia doing Bucks Weekly and all of that. But Good Karma Brands, they're the, uh, they're the company that owns WTMJ, entered into a first-of-its-kind partnership with the Bucks. And today, they launched uh, Bucks Plus Audio. It's streaming now at bucks.com backslash plus. And there's a lot going on, but our... Uh, the man behind Good Karma Brands, Craig Karma's in our boss, came in and he talked uh, this morning on, uh, I believe it was Wisconsin's Morning News, to tell everybody what this was all about. And this is what Craig had to say about Bucks Plus Audio. Well, the amazing thing is that as technology changes, it just gives you the opportunity to do so much more. And what might not have been possible on the radio, because, you know, in one moment, People have to 
you know, be programmed to what's most important in that minute. But people have such deep passions for so many different things, and the Milwaukee Bucks are certainly one of those. So this platform is incredible. I mean, just looking at what we have at launch, you know, we have a podcast that is surrounding uh, the big Amazon Prime documentary that just launched last night uh, about Giannis. Um, So first of all, when you're launching anything with Giannis, it's a big deal. But uh, (laughs) we have a a multi-part podcast uh, that follows along with Giannis, the marvelous journey that is absolutely incredible. You put on top of that the fact that we have um, Bucks in Six, which allows you in six minutes to get the full uh, followed following day uh, summary of the Bucks game in six minutes. You have courtside with Gail Clapo, who is always talking to the most important people with the Bucks. Uh, last week, he had John Horst, another episode just dropped this morning. And then on top of that, we have Thanalysis. Thanalysis uh, is Thanasis Antetokounmpo's podcast, where he interviews people from around the NBA, the business world, and really all of the worlds that the Antetokounmpo brothers touch. And so his first episode, which is available now, was him with Damian Lillard uh, right before they went to the All-Star game in Indianapolis. So there's just so much incredible stuff. And there's going to be a new show, The Here District, which will be um, the latest around the entire NBA, hosted by Marcus Johnson, Bucks legend and Bucks broadcaster, and his son, Chris. Who was, an, who was a player at UCLA. So if you're an NBA fan, if you're a Bucks fanatic, you know, getting to uh, this Bucks Plus platform is a must. Design Exchange. WTMJ at night. I'm Brian Noonan, 855-616-1620 is how you get a hold of us. This is very interesting. Uh, a new national park has opened in the United States, and it is at a place where, on first blush, I was like, oh, I don't know if I how I feel about this, and then I thought about it more, and I think this is a, this is a great thing. Um, it is a Japanese incarceration camp, or a former, excuse me, Japanese incarceration camp. It is one of 10 located in a remote corner of southeastern Colorado, the Amachi Histor- National Historic Site, was designated a national park the other day. Interior Secretary made the formal establishment after the town of Granada's acquisition and donation of the land, uh, which was needed to establish the site into a park. In March 2022, President Biden signed the Amachi National Historic Site Act, which entered the site into the national park system. As a national park, the site will be protected for future generations to learn more about the history of Japanese-American mass incarceration during World War II, which is something we don't really teach a lot about in school. You know, it's one of those one of those things that uh, is a stain upon American history, and so a lot of people would rather just pretend it didn't happen or brush it under the rug. Uh, I hadn't heard too much about it. Uh, I remember seeing some uh, movie about it a long time ago, and uh, George Takai, who was on Star Trek and is a frequent uh, guest on different radio shows, has talked about it because he was he and his family were in, were in one of these camps. And if you don't remember what it was, um, they were relocation centers, they called them. Uh, during World War II, there were 10 of these sites. 
to detain Japanese Americans who were forcibly removed from their homes on the West Coast under Executive Order 9066. That order said they deemed them a national threat to security following the attack on Pearl Harbor. Under the order, 122,000 people, including children, were taken to these isolated and fenced internment camps. Over half of those incarcerated were American citizens. They lost their personal liberties, their homes, their businesses and properties. That's according to the National Archives. Um, at this park, some of the original building foundations and historic road networks are still intact. So it's one of the most intact World War II internment camps, thanks to the preservation work by Amachi survivors and their descendants. So the if you go to this national park, you'll see a historic cemetery, a monument, several reconstructed and restored structures, such as a barracks, a recreation hall, guard tower, and water tank. There is no fee to visit the park. It's located about three and a half hours from Denver. Its addition to the national park system is a reminder that a complete account of the nation's history must include our dark chapters of injustice. That was a quote from the National Park Service Director Chuck Sams. Which I agree with, because at first I was like, oh, that'd be so depressing. Why would somebody want to go see that? But we go see war memorials. We go, you know, uh, to see Pearl Harbor if you're out there. We go to uh, people go and they visit the concentration camps when they're, you know, over over in Europe, which are horrible. They go to the D-Day monuments. So I think it is important for us to shine a light on that it's it's not easy i can imagine if you were uh of japanese descent and you are a relative or a descendant of someone who was in those camps it would probably be hard to go back there but i think for the rest of us it's a good reminder that everything was not as great as this country is there's there's some things we did that were not really great and so this will be this will be interesting i i hope to go out there if i'm out uh in Colorado to see it only because what I I think it's important to to learn history and I like going to places like national parks or monuments or things like that to learn about what went on before if I don't know much about it or to uh, just add to my knowledge about it so this would be uh this would be very cool do you think Max is it a, is it a place you think you might want to want to go or is it one of those words i'm on vacation i don't want to think about that kind of stuff which is fair yeah i think that's sort of where my mind goes um i tend to stay away from those kinds of things because like not that i don't want to understand what happened or like like you said you know learn from the history and stuff like that it's just a matter of you know i i like to keep those kind of like negative thoughts out of my head and even though i know yeah. they happened especially like you said when you're on vacation you're just looking to like relax have a good time uh it's not necessarily something that's up my alley but i do agree with you that i think it's something that's important for a lot of people to go and visit well and it's funny because there's like i don't remember learning about this at all in school just like i didn't learn about the tulsa riots in school or the tulsa massacre rather i didn't learn about that till i watched uh was it Watchmen on TV? And they talked about the Tulsa riots, uh, or or it was some other some other show like that. And I was like, is this really a thing? And then I looked it up and I read all about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't? How did I go through uh, sixteen years of school and not hear anything about this? That just that just seems wrong. And I know you know we've been there's been a lot of talk over the last number of years about. 
what we teach our kids in school and uh, why are we teaching kids this that makes them feel negatively about uh, our country or what we did before but you have to you have to teach about it so it was it was shocking to um to learn about these things but this will be this will be cool again it is uh it is called the Amachi National Historic Na- Hamashi National Park, and it's about three hours from Denver. So if you're out that way and you're interested, it might be a uh, might be a cool and interesting thing to visit. All right, here's something else that's very exciting. Uh, big changes coming to Aldi. What Aldi? Yeah, that and Van Halen. We got all kinds of things to do and not much time to do it. So let's take a little break. It's WTMJ at night. Go to rejuvenex.com to request your appointment. If you are a wine drinker, this is big, big news. Uh, I'm I'm of the school of thought. I'm not a I'm not a wine connoisseur. I like drinking wine. I like red wine. Um, I don't think you have to pay a ton. I've had I've had more expensive bottles of wine, and by that I mean like, and this people will laugh when I say this is an expensive bottle of wine, like a twenty five or thirty dollar bottle of wine, and I've had uh, what used to be called two buck chuck. At Trader Joe's, which is the Charles Shaw. Now that's four fifty a bottle. Can't can't call it two buck chuck anymore. But Aldi is jumping into the cheap wine game. Well, not cheap, I should say, inexpensive wine game. Uh, they announced a new item that is uh, starting on February. Oh, it started already. It just started. Aldi introduced its new California Heritage Collection, a line of wine going for under five dollars a bottle. Are you a wine drinker, Max? Yeah, I like wine from time to time, for sure. I do, too. Last night, I don't know if you saw this week tonight or last week tonight with John Oliver. He hates wine. Oh, he went, he went crazy. Uh, said wine is just bad. But anyway, $5 a bottle. Uh, the line is available year-round. You can taste the California vineyards without the steep price tag. It'll be $4.95. Uh, it will join Aldi's specialty selected wine collection that was released in September 2023, and there those wines go from eight to fifteen dollars per bottle, which is nice. I've never, oh no, I shouldn't say that. I've bought a couple bottles of Winking Owl at Aldi before, which was uh, inexpensive and pretty good. You know, if I'm just having uh, some wine with the, if I'm cooking dinner and making a little wine, I'm fine. Or if I'm using wine in a recipe, it's good. Um, so they're trying to take on Trader Joe's with their Charles Shaw wine. So you can get all kinds. You can get uh, Brut Sparkling, Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Extra Dry Sparkling, Merlot, Moscato, Pink Moscato, Pinot Noir, and Sweet Red. So there you go. Aldi, if you... Uh, I just started doing a lot of more shopping at Aldi, and uh, I like it. It's, uh, it's all right. So now you can get wine there. I uh, They have their own kind of beer, but I, uh, I was going to try it, and then I read a lot of reviews, and I was like, nah, you know what? I, I'll save my money on other things so that I can buy my beer, my name brand beer, or my craft beer that I like. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, some things you have to pay to enjoy. And for me, it's the beer. I'll definitely try some of this wine, though. It sounds like a good deal. All right, let's do this. And then I am a huge fan of a certain band. Maybe you are too. And if you are, this news will excite you. We'll get to that after this. It's WTMJ at night. National Brands. We were talking about Aldi and having uh, their new line of inexpensive wines and somebody chiming in that Aldi does have good expensive wine. They also have what 
I know a sommelier, a master sommelier, and she is a uh, wine expert, and she said that the hardest thing to find, Aldi sells a champagne during the holidays that she said is on par with some of the best champagne she's ever had. And this is coming from somebody who wine is her life. Uh, my life is rocking. You know that about me, Max. I love to rock. I'm, uh, I, I'm an unapologetic classic rock guy, and my favorite band is Van Halen. Uh, I've been listening to them since they dropped their first album and uh, went through, I was, you know, I went through the Sammy and Dave incarnations. I was not a Gary Sharon guy for the short time that he was in Van Halen. But this exciting news, uh, Alex Van Halen, the drummer and the brother of Eddie Van Halen, who notoriously was, you never heard from him. He never, he never talked in public. He never made a statement after uh, Eddie's death. Well, he is coming out with a new autobiography called Brothers. This sounds good. The book may surprise people since uh, he has been, like I said, mostly quiet following the death of his brother, Eddie. Uh, Brothers is set for release in October. I can't wait. I want to hear. I hope he, because listen, at this point, the band's not getting back together. Eddie's gone. He was the heart and soul of Van Halen, so he's gone. Uh, Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar are doing their own thing, and this summer they're going on tour and doing a basically a tribute concert uh, with Sammy's band Full Circle. It's going to be all Van Halen stuff. So guess who's going to be there? That's right, me. So um, I hope he, I hope all the stories about David Lee Roth being a uh, hard person to get along with is in there. And again, tempering my words, uh, I want to hear some of the early i like i like a band tell all to actually tell all i want to hear at this point some of the uh, some of the crazy stuff that went on cuz you know any of these big popular bands in the 70s and 80s man they were getting up to some crazy crazy shenanigans so i hope he puts some shenanigans in there but um yeah i don't know i mean maybe he'll maybe he'll temper it because really the only person he's ever played with is Eddie. I heard an interview with Sammy Hagar saying that, you know, they would ask him, hey, you want to come and jam with us and blah, blah, blah. And he never did because the only the only person he ever played with, he always played with with his brother. And now that his brother's gone, I don't know what to do. It, or he doesn't know what to do. But I've, I saw Van Halen so many times and they're, they're just, uh, they're great. So it'll be interesting to see this, uh, to see the book. All right, we got to get out of here, but we'll be back tomorrow. Don't fear. I'm only going away for about 23 hours, and then I will be back in your lives. Thank you for listening and being part of the show. Max, thanks for all your help. Uh, yeah, we got to go. It's news time next on WTMJ at night.